Hey y'all. Welcome back to another week of Imani Talks Astrology. It is your host, Imani. So one of my favorite things about driving, um, which to me is very like meditative, even though you should probably be very aware while you're driving, but I don't know. It's a form of um, release and ease. I often drive in silence. Um, my favorite thing about driving is being in a car, whether it's I'm driving or somebody else's, and forgetting that I'm going somewhere. You know, the idea of it being about um, the journey, not the destination. So I say this um, because I recently just re-listened to the the um, eleven eleven episode, the Taurus. Um, full moon episode back from Scorpio season we're in another fixed sign season Aquarius season is a fixed sign Scorpio is a fixed sign um I talked a lot about something arriving right and I don't think I had a grasp of what that was because I was in the middle of it just like you um but I think it was the arrival of faith if that makes sense and hope um, and just really trusting that everything is turning out the exact way that it's supposed to um, and it isn't necessarily about the control that you have but the control you're willing to relinquish right of what's happening for you to be able to get there there was a conversation about you know at that point there was um, a uh, Mercury, a Kazemi Mercury, if you don't remember, um, at 18 degrees Scorpio um, on the day of the 1111 gateway. And then we had that beautiful full moon um, at 20 degrees um, or 19, 20 degrees um, of Taurus. <sighs> it's very late. Um, but I'm recording because I am recording multiple episodes at one time because I will not be available to record this episode when it actually needs to be published. So here we are. Um, I'd say around Scorpio season is where I lost the momentum that I built up regarding with the podcast and I kind of think I kind of mentioned this in the last episode when I was talking about being bi-weekly that was definitely something that I was kind of forced into um and I don't think what I realized is that the momentum that I was building externally needed to stop halt slow down temporarily for the momentum momentum that I was building internally um and you know there being so much you know when you build internal momentum I personally um as someone you know in the last episode um the love language was embodiment and you know energetic work is so much more solid than physical work because it externalizes, right? Because you embody the change you wish to see outside of you, um, it makes it that much more solid. There's a grounding for it so that it does not crumble, right? That's kind of where the idea of like, you know, someone achieving success, right? in the arbitrary way that we defined it as a society, whether, you know, be money, whatever it might be, and then um, losing it all, right? Um, Especially when it comes to, let's say, black athletes, you know, who may have been living in in poverty or utilized um, football or, you know, rapping, whatever, you know, it may be um, as a way out only to find themselves entrenched, you know, in in debt um, and in the same circumstances that they thought that they had came out of, right? It's because 
Yeah, this actually kind of reminds me of like the Aaron. Um, ooh, is this gonna be controversial? The Aaron Hernandez um, documentary, which, after having a very long discussion with my Capricorn friend about it, um, was not as good as we think it was. Um, it was talking about the mind of a killer, right? Um, but I don't think they focused on his, I'm eating. And I told myself I would stop eating when I'm podcasting. I put the bread down. Um, you know, they didn't talk about his mind as much because if if we were talking about his mind, it really would have been centered around the trauma that he experienced, um, before his brain was completely done developing and it being destroyed by football, um, completely messing up all of his cognitive abilities and the coping that he did with marijuana um, and other lifestyle choices and decisions um, that were clearly a response to trauma, right? Um, You know, his mom being beat by his dad and, you know, his mom just not being emotionally available at all. No one being emotionally available to him at all. Uh, most of his life. I think it's important to note that when he went to prison, he was 23. Um, and it's it's really... <laughs> oh, also, Scorpio Sun, Sun conjunct Pluto. If you look at his chart, y'all, whoo, girl, poor baby. Anyway, um, it, it just... My God, you know... When you think about my journey to consciously dealing with childhood trauma and experiences, it did not start until maybe, at least it didn't intentionally start until maybe like 24, 25. Imagine coming into, you know, of being able to just like conceptualize that that's like what's happening to me, you know? Um, just so many instances of just somebody being just completely let down at every single step of the way but you know the argument is wow like he got everything he played with the patriots you know he got to go to the had the opportunity to go to the super bowl he was making 40 million dollars he this he that he da, 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 da. and it's like none of that matters if the embodiment of deserving and being able to handle um all of that does not exist within a person and especially when things like trauma exist in people poverty is trauma you know, um, aside from, you know, physical, emotional, sexual um, trauma that people experience, poverty is in lots of times subjecting people to all of those things, right? And so there is, you know, the theme and and why Blessings was such an important podcast, um, again, Taurus Full Moon, is because it talks about embodiment and it talks about the road to embodiment um, and what comes from reaching that. And there are many different ways that we've reached that. Very kind of small pockets of um, of time and moments in which we have shown that we embody something. I've been getting readings since... Um, I would say October that have been literally telling me the same thing. You're incredibly balanced. You have been doing a lot of really, really difficult work. Like you've came a really, really long way. And I think because our world is so, you know, centered around the external and what pops up in our physicality, it can really be easy to miss what it is that we're embodying in this moment and the what effect that will have on our external life not just now but for a very very long time to come right and that's why the healing work is so important um because it's the long game right we have to remember that the north node is in cancer so a lot of what's faded is not physical um it's very well, it's mental. Uh, well, no, it's not even mental. It's emotional. It's what's happening with the, what's shifting with the emotional body um, and ultimately the physical body. So here we are um, at this beautiful full moon 
in Leo, in which we are reminded, and this is something that had came up in that um, previous episode, was the embodiment of of God consciousness that we that we each possess. Um, Um, the embodiment of God consciousness that we each possess and the awareness of that that is the blessing right is this in a sense remembering of who we are you know in a space in which so many people don't remember and I don't mean this on the level of of knowing or in your physicality I mean this at the heart level and being able to every time you go back to your heart space it's not fear that's there but it's like wow like I feel me so this full moon is important for a couple reasons why are these text messages coming in? Um, Venus conjunct Chiron and Aries is today, which I have talked about a couple of times. Um, and talked about in the previous episode. Then the full moon is at... Tw- Whoa! Crazy! Is also at 20 degrees. So if you have not listened to Blessings, Taurus full moon episode, you definitely should go back. Um, because it shows the conflict between that culminating cycle and the conflict between this culminating cycle, right? Which is like, yeah, 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 you're blessed. Yes, yes, it will show up physically eventually. Honestly, if you want me to be very transparent with y'all, I don't think a lot of the long-term things and changes that we will want in our life will show up until Taurus, the North Node is in Taurus. Do you want to know what what year that is? Yes, I said what year. Um, that will be... Oh, wow, and that will be my nodal opposition. Yay. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling it up for you. North node in Taurus will be January of 2022 lol sorry so it'll be a lot of material things coming up for you um, in a very strong foundation. Um, I can imagine there will be lots of really nice gems and things that follow before then, but it will be, um, I think we can rely on that time to, to really see some of this stuff come up, right? So what are we being asked of with this full moon? Um, the thing about Taurus and Leo, um, energy working in tandem together is that they naturally form a square this is why I'm bringing up that previous episode um it's wanting it's about greed it's about wanting to have your cake and eat it too um so there can be this really big element of like well I deserve this where is this thing and it's like yes you do deserve this thing remember all that oh my god the angels are around me they're helping me energy woo 14 14 on the timer what the fuck all that oh my god the angels are here and they're supporting me they're around me like the universe is like yo let's keep that same energy right remembering full moon in leo 20 degrees remember the divinity of self when you Feel yourself being called into community, right? It's not even about, at this time, what it is that you want for yourself and what that looks like, but it's about being able to give through that space of knowing self that you've curated, through that heart space, um, into the, the bigger kind of picture of things. 
Yes, the greater picture is important, but you are not just one of many. There is an embodiment of God consciousness that is unique to you and unique to the needs of the future. And so it's in a way being able to see that not only is it important for you to be you right now, duh, it's always important for you to be you, but serving community and the connections that come from you being able to authentically serve your community is what's going to allow some of that abundance and that materialization to come in for you because a lot of what will come to you will be through other people okay we're gonna get into it after this quick break Alrighty, so i'm actually recording this part post um retreat So I'm sorry if my voice is really low. I just don't feel like talking very loud. (laughs) It's really funny. Like, um, so I just listened to my intro that I recorded. um, And both were like, what are you talking about? Aaron Hernandez and black athletes and them losing it all. And, you know, or athletes and people of color, you know, Um, and, and trauma and experiences and how it affects people's ability to embody and to, their inability to sustain what's happening in the physical and you know post uh and you know one of the things that I'd mentioned is not just knowing um on an intellectual level but like knowing in your heart and it's wild that like that is a theme that came up so much during the retreat where it's like yeah we like are told like you are the you know you manifest your reality and it's like well what does that even really mean right like people say these things all of the time um but to really cultivate a, the space in which that is true requires so much sacrifice and requires us to put um not ourselves on the back burner but aspects of ourselves that serve ego behind us to allow the space to do that right one really big thing um about the retreat that i just went on is you know we were learning how to train the mind right um and being able to move into a space of non-attachment which is really weird because you know i if you follow me on instagram that's something that i was talking about weeks ago mind you i didn't really do much research about the retreat that i was going on it had been mentioned to me twice and I just decided to do it. Um, I vaguely like read some article about some girl losing her shit during the, after the retreat or whatever, and then I just went, you know. And it it was really just about training the mind to be relatively not indifferent, well, relatively indifferent and and unattached to both positive and negative things that are happening in your life. The thing is when even when positive things happen in our life, we begin to crave that feeling um, to the point in which it makes it, you know, we we begin to think, you know, life isn't working for us because everything isn't positive. And it's like, no, that, that is balance. That is nature. That is life. There are ups and there are downs. There is death and there is birth. There is vitality and there is decomposition, you know, in in nature. We see that trees die every single year, you know. Um, We watch things be decomposed and regenerated in a variety of different ways and forms all of the time, you know. Um, That being said, to, to really kind of understand and embody that. I had a conversation with somebody um, that was there, who was a physician, um, and she has her own practice, and I was talking to her, and she was like, you know, when we first started, we, her and her husband, first started their practice maybe like four years ago, yeah, well, like four years ago, um, you know, or seven, those are two very different numbers, about seven years ago, you know, they were like, how are we gonna, you know, pay the bills how or her husband was like how are we gonna pay the bills how are we gonna do this how are we gonna do that and you know she was like well like what you know why are we doing this you know like why is this important why is this being created 
Um, and having to get back to the idea of, well, I creating this because, you know, we want to see how many people we can take care of, right? And she talked a lot about, you know, how many different, you know, reaching out to people and letting them know in circumstances in which it kind of seemed impossible for people to reconnect um, with her practice and and her, her services that she provides. You know, saying, you know, reaching out to all of her past clients, being able to see a wealth of those individuals return, but then from then also, not only being able to maintain and 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 work with and provide services for all of these people, but then to build um, a practice that employs 22 people. She's talking about how, you know, uh, as a business owner, you know, she's meant to look at her employees as liabilities, right? Just kind of legally in the way that the, the structure is kind of set up. And kind of going into a space in where she was like, you know, these are people who have families. These are people who, you know, they are able to take care of someone that they love. They're able to put food on their table. They're able to send their children to school. They're able to do this and that. We're able to do that for 22 people, right? And while, of course, it takes money and resources to do that, what allowed them to get there was maintaining that vision, right? Um, When Saturn is in Aquarius, it's that its wishes, its dreams, and its realistic wishes and dreams, right? It's, here's a structure, here's what we've created, but like, what is it that we do that can make it go that much further? You know, what is the the long game, right, that we're playing? And so this full moon is one in which, you know, while we can get a little bit wrapped up in what it is that we want for ourselves, and there is so much awareness we have about ourselves, all of it is being redirected at the sun and we'll talk about why right so leo moon where am i comfortable in my authenticity and self-expression what versions of myself do i use to expand my framing of the world and how i interface with it now i said that because the the moon is in the ninth house right and so the additional questions that were asked is of of these right which ones are performative or old dependencies how can this shift my contributions to creating solid thought structures that impact my environment? Sun in the third house, right? Are these my own or someone else's rules? How do my current how does my current environment impact the way I seek vitality in this space? In this space, uh, to form what did I write? How does my current environment impact the way I seek vitality? I am so sorry. I cannot read my own handwriting. Oh my gosh. Oh, in this space, is it to form contributions outside of me? Or are the form are the contributions that I'm forming outside of me helpful or familiar? Right? So like Leo Moon, you know, it, it very much so is about it's a very uh self-centered moon. Um in a way that I feel like, you know, to a certain extent, most of the fire moons it can they can be a bit abrasive. Um in that all emotional responses can be relatively, you know, emotional responses are defensive anyway, but it's like a, a protection of a fire, right? It's very survival based and it's a protection of a, a dynamism. It's kind of like, you know, if everyone's cold and someone puts water on the fire, somebody's going to lose their shit, right? And so it's being able to have this or having a, in a way, sort of dependency on one's authenticity um, and the one the way that one expresses themselves and in a way performs for society um, performs for other people performs for themselves in order to feel emotionally secure Um, and it's answering to the sun right and the sun is in um, 
in detriment in Aquarius because it isn't very self-centered right and so there is a really big call to if what is kind of coming into our awareness about ourselves and while there is an opportunity to use the emotional crutch that is authenticity to really kind of examine that what we're seeing and what's coming up right now you know is in a relationship you know is kind of what's in the shadow as well as what's here you know if something isn't here yet it could be a matter of you know, it just hasn't arrived yet because maybe there's more work to do. And I think the thing is to to realize that there's always more work to do. I feel like we can assume that, you know, there will be a point that we get to where there's no more work. But when we think about the very long timeline of which we have existed, not just in this body, but in many bodies, you know, this is a it's the long game, right? It's, it's blessings are, you know, we're, we're talking about seeds here, right? When I was talking about Uranus and Taurus and knowing what seeds are right to plant, you just have seedlings, right? And in some instances, it's like, oh, this is what I planted. Let me keep planting this thing, right? You know, and if you're planting a tree, how long does it take to grow a tree to the point where it's, you know, when we look at a park or at our home or wherever it may be and we're looking at a tree and how magnificent it is it's it's time you know that allowed that tree to to exist and be as robust as it is and i think naturally given the type of world that we're in we want to see that now and that's not necessarily the way that it's going to kind of show up one thing that i had told everyone to kind of pay attention to um after the full moon in Taurus back in Scorpio season was the quarter moon. And so it was a quarter moon in which the Le- the moon was in Leo, right? And so while it was a struggle period, it's now the sun, not the sun, the moon being full, it's being able to have an il- illumination of whatever kind of hardship that you were facing at that time. So what was that like? the mid-November, you know, being able to have the perspective now of like, oh, I can see at this level what, thinking about the relationship between the the two suns, right? Because the sun was in Scorpio then and the sun is in Aquarius now. It was, you know, here is a very different and, and deep way to look and understand um, my reality. Here's what I understand and know of death you know, and now it's here's what I know about death in relationship to where the individual person dissolves and there is a need to show up for other people. And so it's being able to kind of reckon with what's kind of happening and unraveling underneath the surface, you know, and also kind of having this awareness of, well, now I need to pour back into the the world in, in this particular way right? It's remembering what the vision is. Like we can get caught up in the, I need this, I need that, and this, 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 and this to survive. And I think all of those things are reasonable things to keep on the table, but we have to also remember that some of those things can keep us afraid of um, taking on roles um, and performing, if we're going to continue to use that um, idea, um, in ways that will allow us to expand outside of our role. You know, we have the range. Do we trust that we have the tr- the range? This is a, a looking at the the moon. It's overwhelmingly positive. Um looking at all of the aspects. Um it's one in which there is this overwhelming sense of vitality, of dynamism, of excitement, of movement um because of how much fire is in the sky and because we don't have a lot of planets in fixed signs. We have three of the planets in fixed signs, the sun, the moon, and Uranus. And that's going to change relatively soon, relatively soon next week as we go into a mutable season. And most of the planets in the sky will be either in cardinal or mutable signs. So it, 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 the, week, <laughs> the weeks will start to escape you. This transition from uh, Aquarius season to Pisces season is going to be abrupt because I feel like collectively we have a bit of an issue with the Piscean energy because it is so elusive. 
Um, and again, because we live in a world that is so physically oriented, there is this missing of the fact that even the most material things are not as solid as we think, which is another thing that was talked about during the retreat where it's like all is vibration, right? Even this physical structure that is your hand, a wall that you're looking at, the wind, a window, whatever it may be, of course you can, you know, slap yourself in the face or run into the window and it's going to hurt you, but it is just made up of billions and trillions, majillions of moving particles, right? That's what Pisces season is about. And it's this uh, physical, emotional awareness of how there literally is no space between anything. The idea of space is an illusion, right? And the idea of solidness is an illusion and a construct that we hold on to, right? And so it Movement is desired. It's very, the sky and what's happening is becoming very fluid. Um, and most of the earth, air, earth, water aspects that are in the sky have been in the sky for like months. And we've been dealing with that energy for a while. And so until some of those planets are activated um, in more intense ways, in airy season, when we have a lot more squares, it, it's very likely that they will just kind of be in the background. So all of the other kind of quick changing things that are happening in the sky um, will add this sense of momentum um, that you likely might feel or or just in, whether it be, it can be in small ways, it can be in large ways, whatever it may be. Moon is trying Mars. Impassioned action and inspiration, impulsive feelings. Some people might be kind of quick to anger right now or just really quick to excite or just you know, making very impulsive decisions based off of how they feel. Um, it can be, it's very easy right now to be pulled in one direction or another by what you're feeling. And so I definitely would encourage you if you, you know, feel inspired to reach out to, let me pause, positive interactions, right? Positive interactions and not ones that are built around dependencies, which is why we talked about that first. Um, if you feel called to do so, you definitely should. Very instinctual, in a very kind of spiritual sense, you know, moon and Mars are both very kind of primal and instinctual planets, right? In very kind of different ways. Mars is about survival. You know, the the moon is too, because it's the the habits that you create that allow you to be very kind of secure. It's dynamism, it's movement, it's inspiration, it's optimism. And so definitely be careful about where that is directed. Just because it's a trine doesn't mean something positive will happen. It means that this energy is in the air and kind of how you use it is at your um, disposal. Sun is is approaching a sextile to Mars, um, which will be a lot more exact by the end of the week. Um, when the sun is at 25 or 26 degrees Aquarius. It's an opportunity to move in conjunction with um, your will. Um, and so, again, that's either positive or negative. So there is a really big, the moon is a really good and big check-in point of like, you know, what are you directing your time and energy, your short-term goals that you have, what are they really centered around? Are they centered around something that's going to move you forward in a way that's very heart-centered? Or are there a lot of kind of ego-driven or even in a way shadow-driven ways of navigating life and navigating things that are really kind of leading the way and the direction that you're going into? Um, The rising, the ascendant of the the chart is in Sagittarius. So again, there is this overwhelming sense of optimism and dynamism that we feel. Um, The moon is, uh, the Mars is in the first house. So again, you know, right now it's, I feel really, really inspired. I feel really excited. I want to do this. I want to do that. Remembering this is all about seeds. This is all about practical steps um, that we can take. And so feeling inspired to do some of those things over the next couple of days, I definitely would encourage you to do. And we'll see what comes from those things within the following months, right? Blind optimism can be okay if you aren't being harmful 
or attracted to an outcome. So the thing is about when there is a really big surge in positivity and really just radiant inspirational energy is remembering that it is, to be quite honest, a bit short-lived. Um, and so it can be really easy to kind of get wrapped up in, you know, in that. But then once the fire goes out, you feel kind of confused, <laughs> confused or upset or um, drained. You know, it's kind of like the it's like a, a hangover in a way. Right. And so definitely, especially as a Pisces season approaches and some of the fire starts to get put out and things again become a lot more elusive and confusing and we become very sensitive, it's important now um, to take those practical action steps with this optimism that you feel, um, especially since Jupiter is in a Capricorn. And there are a couple of really positive aspects with Jupiter that are gonna be coming up in the next couple of days. Um, so definitely, again, you know, use the optimism to do things that um, are working towards that vision of how you can show your unique contributions and unique way of being can show up in community. Mars is trying, is approaching a trine with Uranus. So again, those seeds, planting seeds for liberation. One thing that I wrote um, about Uranus and Taurus is that the revolution will be sensory. You know, the more in tune we are to our personal physical reality and I'm not even just talking about like the things that you own you know Venus ruler of the sign Taurus is about the senses you know what you see what you hear what you feel you know on a very like sensational and sensory level what's happening for you right and how is that impacting impacting how is that impacting your will and your drive and what you're moving towards right that's another big thing you know during the the retreat it was really about tuning into what are the sensations, the subcon the not the subconscious, the unconscious mind is always reacting to external stimuli on a sensory level. You know, we're so caught up in the what's happening outside of us that we don't understand that our body is constantly reacting to the things outside of us. Of course, that's how disease manifests. Of course, that's how you know, when the shadow comes out, how it manifests, there were all of these indicators and signs on a sensory level that we weren't able to pick up on, um, that the unconscious mind is is making sense of and, and projecting into the external world. And our, the way those sensations and our responses afterwards to them in the you know, verbally or physically or in some instances mentally are the things that are shaping what's outside of us. So it's being able to kind of take control of what's happening for you personally and what you're using your will for and making sure that you're engaging in activities um, and goals and using your willpower as a means to free yourself and not as a mo means to um, further indoctrinate and, and chain yourself and other people. And it's important to note that, you know, Mars, of course, has its relationship with aggression um, and anger um, and other, you know, and even violence in a lot of senses. And so it's being able to kind of tune into and know for yourself, you know, what, where is violence being perpetuated? Um, where is, you know, it's, it's Mars trying Uranus can also be this explosiveness and this very uncontrollable way of dealing with things that are happening outside of us. So this also for many people might possibly be a full moon in which you feel like you're about to go off on people and you're just really kind of turned up and like ready to, to pop off, you know, so it can be that as well. So if you do see or feel that emerging, it's being able to check back in with yourself and seeing, you know, what outside of me really kind of triggered <laughs> that reaction. You know, what does that tell me about the contributions that I'm making to my external world? What space and opportunity is there for me to shift that to change the way that I engage with community? If that's a matter of changing your boundaries of who you're spending your time around um, or being able to come up with other mechanisms or being able to be less attached to, you know, what it is that people, you know, outside of you are doing. 
um, and being able to find a healthy way to deal with the way that the world is naturally kind of forcing um, restrictions and boundaries and hardship on us, right? It's being able to find the mold that and the vision that will allow us to kind of see past that, um, but also in the short term, see what it is that we can do that makes it easier to deal with that. Jupiter sextile Neptune approaching conjunction, all of this structured optimism and commitment to working working with exist with existing boundaries or responsibilities to manifest the dream. Um, what is your dream, delusion, and ideals? So that is another really big thing that's coming up as well. You know, if there is a, a especially when um, Mercury is in Pisces, because it's so vague and elusive, you know, it's like, what stories are you telling? Like, it sounds fantastic and it sounds like this beautiful dream, but is it an ideal? Um, which, of course, you know, ideals, we may not necessarily be able to get everything that we aspire to, but it is something that we can reach towards and, and expect that we'll receive some sort of thing that um, meets the standard or need of that potential ideal, right? But then being able to discern that from what a delusion is. So it can be really easy, I think, if you if you have the thing about Jupiter and Capricorn is that there is an expansiveness that's there. It can be structured and ordered, or it can be based around fear and limitations. So, you know, in multiple ways, it could be your dream or your ideal is too small. It could be that it's very big and overly idealistic because you're afraid of looking at the truth, um, or you're afraid of accountability or responsibility for what comes from what you decide you want for yourself so you may choose something that's a little bit safer so it definitely is just a matter of really looking into that it also could be a really big feeling of overwhelm feeling really overwhelmed overwhelming anxiety too much happening it can be uh, centered around feeling overloaded as well you know it can be that in going down that path of thinking in that way for a lot of people thinking about the future and thinking about a vision it can be a little bit overwhelming and so if you don't feel very called to do so don't it's absolutely fine key to this energy is to have awareness of your awareness of your planting and the environment that you're planting it in you know it's there was a story that we were told um during the, the retreat about, um, you know, someone planting a mango seed and then planting a, a neem plant next to it, right? And they were praying that the neem plant would, you know, which I guess creates some sort of bitter fruit, would create this sweet mango-like fruit, right? Um, and it's like you won that seed. It's literally impossible for it to do that. So it's not going to, <laughs> right? That's the Jupiter in Capricorn. It's like the, the optimism is um, realistic, right? It's like, let's be, you know, really positive, but like also like, let's be realistic. You know, it's like, I'm going to, you know, plant this seed in soil that is, polluted and I'm going to water it with Kool-Aid and Cheeto dust every single day and it's going to become the most beautiful tree ever, right? And so it's like being able to see for yourself, you know, it not only what are you planting, that's important. You know what's worth planting and what's not worth planting. That being said, now what are you doing about the environment that it's going to exist in? Maybe a need to change or regroup, but that doesn't make the inspiration any less important. I think while it's a moon that it can bring up a lot of like, oh, this is really great, this is really positive, it also can, when you know you get the kind of like reality check of Saturn and all the other Earth <laughs> planets that are in the sky, it's like, well, maybe that's not as possible, especially when the moon enters um, Virgo tomorrow and it has this well we need to fix this 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 and this if you want that to happen kind of attitude it can really make it very easy for all of a sudden all of that optimism to go down the drain 
Mercury is trying the North Node. So attitudes and ideas are a bit elusive, vague. They may be fantastical and daydreamy. Um, they're about possibilities of how one can pour into the world and ex accept and give nurture it. Um, and this is within your relationships. This is also having the, the strength and the inspiration to step into your role with the greater world within your relationships as an individual who's willing to take the risks necessary to nurture and water in the way that's needed rather than the way that has felt safe in the past. Mars is going to be opposite the North Node um, within the coming days. I think days. No, once Mars enters Capricorn, which will be, I think, at the end of the month. And so that will imitate, illuminate some of the limitations in your existing actions. You know, so again, the matter of like realizing that you've been trying to water a plant um, that cannot grow. You know, it's like you planted a seed and then you dig it back up and you realize it was a button. Um, so that kind of thing, right? Most of the planets are in the bottom half of the chart. So in the waxing stack. So there is this coming into it's in process, it's a culmination of, of awareness. So it's kind of like a check-in point, right? I think, you know, again, we're waiting for some really big things to happen. It's uh, being, it's, you know, when you plant that, if anyone has like grown like herbs or whatever for like a, like, a, in, kin, like in a class, like as a little kid or with children, you like put the seeds in the paper towel and you like moisten the paper towel and then you, put it in a baggie and you put it on the window and then you come back a week later and you're like oh my god it's seeds and it's like yes and there is work that we have to do to sustain that right this fire that that's built up it has to be tamed right sometimes there's too much fire and we need to to put out it out a little bit sometimes we need to add wood to to keep that fire going breathe into the fire to keep it going as well and that's a really big um, element of what we're coming into other things to kind of note of course that venus chiron conjunction is happening tomorrow and then mars is going to be square chiron on february 21st so yesterday the moon was or either yesterday or the day before yesterday i'm not sure i'm sorry um i don't need to apologize i just i don't know um the moon was um trine chiron and so there was this illumination of some of the inner you know struggles that we have around our identity and around embodying who we are um, in relation to other people and standing in ourselves in a way that's not aggressive or overbearing or in a way in which we're muting um, or hiding our assertiveness or only expressing assertiveness, anger, and frustration, you know, as a means of defense and not of, as a means to support the elements of ourself that need to shine and grow. The thing about the Leo moon is that it's asking, where do we need more light? What elements of ourself have been in the spotlight maybe a bit too long? You know, which ones should remain supporting actors, right? And which ones need to be center stage, especially right now, and being able to have the bravery to, to step into um, those particular elements of ourselves. And so the, the Venus and Mars are going to come through with this kind of constructive feedback and criticism <laughs> Yeah, um, for us that's going to be like, well, you know, this, you, you see this, this is in your face, this is very obvious, this is very apparent. Are we going to fix this? Because we can't move. We can't, you know, make these decisions or, or step into or assert our will towards what is necessary, important right now if we don't work through this. And it's not that we don't deserve what we're asking for. It's, it's a, a willingness to kind of put in the work, especially the healing work, to be able to navigate that. Okay. Um, I think... Ew. This is quick. The Chandra symbols. Um, 
Sorry, I'm googling. Okay, let's start with the sun. And 21 degrees Aquarius. Okay, a big bear sitting down and waving all its paws. The self-discipline which results from an intelligent development of an individual, of individual faculties under proper training. What constitutes the proper training of children or animals is a complex and much disputed problem. The symbol seems to state simply that powerful life energies can be trained adequately. The implication and extension of the idea being that no training is really successful unless it leads to the realization of the value and power of self-discipline. We are constantly faced with situations which, whether we are aware of it or not, are in fact training situations. God and or the soul is the trainer. Much depends on the attitudes we assume in these situations. We see in the outcome of what is suggested in the two preceding ones, character and a warm understanding of what is involved in the process of growing, overcoming of emotional heaviness can be taught. We can learn to discipline our natural impulses and to use them for more than personal purpose. The discipleship is the true sense of the term. When we think about disciples, especially in um, terms of the of Christianity, if I'm being you know honest or just being straightforward, there is a certain role, um, and even a discipleship in in the sense of you know monks and other like kind of recluse. In recluse individuals who follow, you know, the light of a higher being, and they kind of put aside all of their ego-centered and kind of impulses and human impulses aside for the sake of being able to step into a greater purpose, right? It's a commitment, right? And, and in a way, that's what we're really being asked to do again this is so weird like I literally it's it's so weird this I mean it made perfect sense like this the start of the retreat and like the the end it literally ending on the day of this full moon and all of these themes being things that we talked about you know we the thing about the fire energy is that it is spiritual it is passion it is all of the it is the thing that enlivens the body. It's what makes humans human, right? Um, it is the masculine of the feminine because, of course, taking action is not the actual physical thing, right? But it's the, the light and the spark that allows action to be initiated. The belief, right, Sagittarius, is what allows a physical structure to be created you know the inspiration and awareness of who you are allows you to know what skills and things you have to offer to the world right leo virgo so there is an important role that the fire element since it comes before earth plays in setting the stage for the way that we navigate our physical reality six months ago during the um full moon in Aquarius, we talked a lot about, um, well, this, right? We talked about, that was the episode we were talking about, like the seven deadly sins or, or whatever. And, and the context of which was centered around being able to put aside vices and, and being able to pick virtues, right? And so it's kind of like all of this inspiration and excitement that's kind of brewing in the sky is is really good for partying and it's really good for all of the kind of uh I don't want to say lower desires because you know I think they are worldly desires and and naturally we we seek and deserve to have pleasure but thinking about the context in which we engage in those things right um and I don't say that from a place of um on a a high horse I say that from the place of being someone who also deals with and reckons with those things on a daily basis. We have millions and millions of choices every single day between, you know, which side of ourself 
will kind of go into. And we live in a world in which our cravings and um, for more lower vibrational things, you know, are constantly being thrown in, in our face. And it's a natural way that we function. And so it is quite difficult to be able to step outside of that frame and that understanding of things to be able to, to shift um, and rethink about the way that we're going to engage with the world. Discipleship. There's an individual role that everyone must play that we must be willing to do, right? Um, even down to the, if we're thinking about disciples, even the bad ones. I think you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, um, that is a whole nother rabbit hole that just totally needs to be gone down, but maybe in some other form. Um... Hold on one second. All of my, like the Sabian symbols and the, the charts, those used to be like the main things. Oh, it's literally at exactly 20 degrees. Let me go back. So I read the wrong symbol, but I think that was really important to share. So it doesn't even matter. Um, I was just double checking. Um, now I've lost the page. Hoy Okay. Leo, 20 degrees. Zuni Indians perform... Keep in mind that this book was written in 1920s. Thank you. Okay. Zuni Indians perform a ritual to the sun, a return to the glorification of natural energies. While the first symbol of this fivefold sequence pictured the magnificence... Magnificence. The magnificence of returning sun after a storm... In the last symbol, we see by implication in this last man returning to the nature and glorifying the sun after the long crisis of civilized living in artificial cities. For many years now, the American Pueblo Indian has been for the weary city dweller and the dried up intellectual symbol, this return to nature. After having ruthlessly destroyed him, we come to him as an exemplar of peaceful and harmonious group living. This was literally my life. Um, the sim fifth symbol of the 28th sequence brings us the image of the reversal of our socialized activity and opens, us, opens for us the, the way to the deepest release of our long-denied root energies. Natural man links himself consciously to the, social, to the source of all life on earth. Identification through worship and the sanctification of the creative power. And now we have to go back to the sun to read the correct one. A large white dove bearing a message. The answer of spiritual agencies to thorough and sustained and victorious individual efforts. The conflict uh, the, this concludes most significantly the series of five symbols. The individual who has gone courageously and in, with indomitable spirit through his crucial crisis receives, as it were, a deep spiritual blessing from the spiritual realm. Mission accomplished. Peace be with you. Oh, wow. This is a really big synchronicity. And in this blessing, a secret prophecy of what is yet to come may be seen by the perspicuous and spiritually sensitive mind of the recipient. Every real spiritual step a man takes 
in his development to the result of the victory over forces of inertia and destruction. The divine is totally present in the heart of all true victories. This is the fifth and last symbol of the 64th series. What message is depending, it depend, is depend on the particular situations, but with the white dove always signifies peace at a heart of this peace of certification of individual worth and glory. Wow, that's very nice. I think there, again, this overwhelming sense of vitality, you know, it, it's, you, you, you have to watch it, right? Because it can be, you know, what was, what were we saying last time, um, during the full moon in, um, why is this light up so In the moon, the full moon in Taurus is Icarus don't get too close to the sun. It's like, yes, you can fly. Yes, there are many, 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 many um, possibilities. You know, yes, this is positive. Yes, this is a sign that you should keep going. But what unfolds from this and what happens is very dependent on the way that you move forward, right? It can be very easy. Um, to kind of get caught up in, again, shit that does not matter, um, to forget the practices of our ancestors, of uh, people who have long had long-standing traditions that have allowed them to to live um, and live, you know, vital and fulfilling lives, right? And it's about a matter of getting back to what that is. What you'll find with this Mercury retrograde, I love that those are the messages that are there. There is this really big ancestral, you know, vibe that's there, you know, and it's, uh, Mercury is about skills in addition to our, you know, what we think, our attitudes or, or whatever, you know, our ideas. It, it's also about skills and there is this re-ask asking to revisit you know traditions and skills that have existed within our families within our lineage throughout time you know that have long been ignored and that are tools that will allow us to navigate you know not just now but forever in a way that keeps us in alignment um, with what is truly ours. Not that everything will be great and everything will be positive, but being able to have the resilience necessary to be able to navigate that shit um, is what ancestors um, and people have been trying to prepare us with. So you can look back in the last couple of days since the uh, Mercury has been in its shadow um, to kind of get a glimpse at what some of those things are I know for me, it was learning the Vipassana meditation technique, which has literally existed um, for literally over 2,500 years and was lost and was brought back. There are so many indigenous practices and things that, you know, have been written off as primitive um, or mundane or nonsensical that we see reemerging. Um, in our collective and it's for a reason be able to find and seek for yourself which ones are important to you how they serve the function of the work that you're meant to contribute to the world but also to your community as well because that is where you know those things will be Um, one thing that I'll encourage you all to look into in your birth chart is the DNA asteroid um, it's asteroid five, 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 five. I think that was four fives that I said. If you use astro charts, you can type it in and see it. Um, DM me if you do it, because there's not a lot of good information, um, about it online. I would encourage you to Google it, but it's about things that exist within your, your DNA. For me, like I have, um, that asteroid in Gemini. And so there is a history of, um, oration, uh, being a griot, uh, writing, speaking, um, sharing of ideas 
and thoughts and attitudes that exist within my lineage. And here I am with the podcast, right? Um, and so this is something that, um, again, Elmina of Malima Alchemy um, told me a bit about. Um, and she also does um, indigenous mental health. Um, I, oh, I wish I knew what the account was called so that I could say what it is specifically. I'll put it in the description box if you all are interested. She's based in New York and, and hosts um, events there. She's also an amazing reader and a medium as well. Um, and so there is so much that's there. I would definitely say this upcoming retrograde, well, since we're talking about it now, is definitely a time, you know, if you'd like a reading about ancestors and what gifts and things that they have to offer to you, it's a good time to tune into medicine and wisdom of the natural world. So you think about plant medicine, what plants are trying to show us, elemental medicine, what the elementals are trying to show us, um, weather. Well, that falls into the realm of elementals. Um, and of course, animal medicine, what are they trying to show and, and teach us um, through their existence? What is it that we can see by observing nature? What is it that we can see by observing on an experiential level what's happening with our bodies and how that is reflective of what's happening in nature as well? Um, so those are definitely some of the things to kind of look into during um, Mercury retrograde. It, it's it's an interesting one, and it's an exciting one. Um, and... I think that's all that I have. And I'll talk to you all in Pisces season. End of next week, I'll be posting new moon in Pisces videos on my Instagram for all of the signs. The mutable seat, I always do, well, now, not always, I just started doing it this year. Um, I do um, new moon readings each mutable season because it's a transitioning period and they tend to kind of carry up until the next mutable season and they really kind of encompass the nature of how constantly changing and transient, literally every experience that we have is and how we're constantly working through even the the smallest things when it comes to undoing and working through stuff so yeah cool thank you so much for listening and i'll talk to you in pisces season